Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. Another week, another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my amazing co-host, Kyle Vardy. Kyle, how are you doing today, my man? Doing good. Didn't exactly have the greatest sleep, but uh, excited to talk some sports today. So. Yeah, and there's a lot that we can talk about, and obviously we are missing Irfan, but hey, theses suck, so we can't really blame him for that. Uh, I think I think we all both understand that uh, we couldn't do it, so good on you there, Irfan. Keep it up, man. We're proud of you. Um, but yeah, dude, there's so much to talk about. Like, I don't even know where really to begin. Think about everything that's happened this week. We've had MLB going crazy with uh, this foreign substance stuff. NBA and NHL playoffs are going on. Euro 2020 is now at the round of 19. We could talk MLS. We could talk NWSL. We could talk about the Canadian national team being named for the Olympics for women. Like, There's so much we can talk about. Um, right. So we're going to keep it real, real light this week. All right, man? No structure. We're going to take our breaks when we need to, but other than that, we'll just kind of play it off. And folks, if you are listening, let us know what you want us to talk about. Because, hey, if you want us to talk about something, we might as well talk about it. But let's start off with our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to help you take your special teams game to the next level. If you, if you want more information, follow them at Canada Kicking Academy on Instagram or check out their website at CanadaKickingAcademy.com. And Kyle... For this one, I got we got to talk about the MLB and this craziness that is the foreign substance policing. Because yep. it's been hilarious to watch. First night, obviously, Max Scherzer goes out and does the uh, hat thing where he like takes it off and he's like holding everything out every time he comes off the mound. Which I get, it's fr- it's got to be frustrating at some point. But yep. you brought this on yourselves, pitchers. Don't use foreign substances. They don't have to check it every inning like they have to now. Um, but it's just comical. Uh, Sergio Romo dropping his pants. Uh, the poor Mets kid uh, makes his MLB debut. And as he's walking off, they he was basically in the dugout almost. And they made him come back and undo his belt buckle and everything. Like It's chaos. It really is chaos. No. The, uh, the MLB is a joke right now, to be honest. And it's, it's, I get it. I get why they have to do it. But it's one of those, you could handle this so differently and made it actually worth it. Like, and you don't, like, to me, don't, you don't test after every inning. And every third inning, you know, maybe. Yeah. Like, like, do something or, you know, before the start, after the start, something, whatever it may be, you can figure that out. But every inning, it's like, one, you're going to create a worse, relationship with the umpires and players because which now it's already on which is already at a not a great spot oh, anyway which which already people sorry which already players don't like umpires half the time okay. you know whether it's strike zone or whatever it may be um and you know manfred's a moron it's straight up like it's, it, i can't deny that fact so it's just like oh yeah he, i think the process is going very well yeah it's because you don't play any sports you don't know what the hell is going on. Like you were named the 
commissioner and it's like enough's enough like players want him out and i honestly think this might be the tipping point but we'll see oh you think this is it for manford like it's just he he handled this astros scandal terribly oh it was didn't actually didn't actually end up doing anything is now putting this in place after almost 100 years that nothing was actually ever done yes i get things have escalated and you know pictures are now actually being seen caught they're getting caught with stuff i get that but this is something you, you could have talked to the players association and worked something out or, or or done something differently rather than trying to get the lay of the like drop the hammer i guess is basically what you could say um and it's one of those like i i get where the pictures are coming from well, well i can't switch my the way i throw and whatever there's other alternatives that are legal. Use sweat and rosin. We talked about this before. It's like yeah. there's other stuff you can use instead of spider tack or whatever. And it's one of those. Um, it's they handled it poorly and could have done a lot better and could have made this a good thing. Like, yeah, as you said, if you check every three innings or whatever it may be, um, like it, it just there's it, it's a joke. You and what, it's like you know what I think they should do personally. Take it off the field. Have a, add an extra umpire because yep. Lord knows the league has enough money, right? Add mm-hmm. an extra umpire whose entire job is to watch for foreign substances. Hundred percent, right? So all they're doing is watching the pitcher, right? Whether it's via cameras on the side or actually watching them, and they're looking if the person is going to the same spot on a hat, on their belt, or whatever in their glove. And then after that inning, they go to that dugout and mm-hmm. check for it. Take it off the field. The whole thing that I'm having a problem with is that they're doing it like in the middle of the field. Some of them are being <laughs> happened in between the lines. Some of them are happening more just in front of the dugout. But like, make it so it's not super public that way. Like, there's no need to be doing this outside of the dugout. Like, if you have to check someone's belt, yeah, do it in the dugout. There's well, literally no reason. And that's what like, did you see Rich Hill's comments? I might have, but I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. He, what did he he's, say? he's like, he's like, he basically says like it's dehumanizing pitchers. Like it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those like, like people don't go into a stadium to go see a pitcher get strip shirt strip searched every inning. Like that's not what's happening. No. Like, and he said, he said this is not baseball. This is not what people buy a ticket to come and see. We don't want to turn baseball into Jerry Springer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's like one of those. To me, it's – and I keep going back to it. It's a joke. Like, it's like I get you want to get the cheating out of the game. 100% agree with that. You know, you want to even the playing field between play, uh, players and pitchers. 100%. No problem with that. But as you said, there's other ways to handle it. Do it off the field. Hire somebody. Like, a, like do the, the NHL with concussions, right? Somebody calls down, hey, check this guy over here or do this. Hey, I think this guy might be cheating or whatever it may be. Have an outside guy that will that actually can knows what to look for because umpires don't know what to look for all the time. Well, it's not even that. Think about how much the home plate umpire needs to pay attention to in a game, right? He has to make sure he can see the the strike zone. He has to make sure everyone is doing everything legally around the field. I know he has other people helping him, but he's he's the usually the 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 chief of the staff for that game, right? Like the head, home plate umpire is in charge for that game. 
Yep. So he has to make sure all the other umpires are okay, make sure everything's working that way. He's got to keep an eye on the hitter. He's got to keep an eye on the pitcher. He's got to keep an eye on the catcher. Like, there is so much that that umpire has to do. Throwing in the fact that now he has to watch for the pitcher going like this in his glove with the tiniest little motion. Like, come on. Are you serious? You think he's going to be able to do that from behind the plate? Like, don't don't joke yourself if you think that's possible. No. And, and, and then, to me, the other thing, um, Joe Girardi, first off, is a moron. I get he wants to challenge it. But if the guy's getting checked every inning, how is he going to get away with it? Why are you challenging? Like, And to me, I think, honestly, if a manager gets a challenge wrong, automatic runner on first. Done. Something should happen like that. Where it's it's because we can't have managers adding an extra challenge on top of all this, right? Yeah, it's, no, it's, you should only still you should get only one challenge a game, whether you use it for foreign substances or you use it to challenge a play at first. Yeah. It's one challenge, or, yeah. or something, something along those lines. Where it's like because there's got to be some sort of you can't just keep asking con- every inning. Exactly, there's got to be some sort of negative connotation for manager abusing that power. I get. But like, cause Scherzer was checked like three or four times in his outing. He went five innings. Yeah. Like, he was like, checked. At, he was checked after the first. I yeah. get that. That makes sense to me. Fine. No problem. Yeah. I think he was checked after the third because he was third touching and, his hat. Third and fourth. And then and finally. Then, and then Girardi. Yeah. Cause Girardi asked for it in the fourth. Like I think he was challenged in the third by the umps because he kept touching his hat. But if you watch it, he was t- he was literally just fixing his hat. Like he touched the front brim one time, and he touched the yeah. side. Like he was never touching the same spot. He took his hat off and rubbed his hand through his hair. Like well, I get that it, they it, have to check that. You know what? He's touching his hat a lot. Fine, you're gonna check it. Yeah. And I don't think he was upset with that one because it wasn't from the manager. It was more when Girardi goes out mm-hmm. and says, "Oh, I'll check him middle of the inning." He's like, "I'm touching my hair. What are you? What do you think I'm doing? I'm getting sweat." The only and legal the, thing I can do. The best was Girardi trying to back himself up. Oh, it was oh awful. I've seen him pitch multiple times, and he's never done that. Blow it out your ass. Like, just yeah, like, straight up. It's like one of those just things have to change. It's, 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 I get that you think this is working. It's not. And I'm not saying this is going to be huge detri- like a huge detriment to people, but. I think this is going to cause a big rift between the PA and the actual MLB. You know so, what I think this is going to cause a problem with, though? His fans. Think about yep. how much the league has been talking about, all oh, the game is too slow, we're taking too much time. So they've been trying to cut back on how much time the pitcher can take between pitches. And a batter can't step out if they just take a pitch, right? They're They're pushing everything to make the game faster. And you just added something that is slowing everything down. 100%. Like, you are asking fans not to watch. And the MLB is in a very precarious situation right now, I think. For the last few years, attendance has been going down. And they just kind of got it up last year with the shortened season. And at the beginning of this year, they were sort of having it up. Well, now you're asking it to go back down again if you're going to slow things down and make people... I mean, I'm not going to use the word strip search because that's not really what they're doing. But I get what they were coming from with that. It's just not right. It is not going to help grow the fan base. Yeah. It's not going to happen. 100%. So it's so frustrating because, yes, they need to check and make sure that the pitchers aren't cheating. I get that. I'm a buy-the-book guy, Kyle. You know that. Yep. This ain't the way to do it. I think they need – I do think they need to bring in an extra 
I mean, you want you can call him an umpire if you want, or you can call him the foreign substance policy manager. Whatever you want to call it, just make up a name at this point. But their yeah. entire job is to watch the pitchers and the catchers, I guess. Have two different views just in case a catcher has something on their um, – they might have something on, like, the chest protector that they're putting on for the pitchers. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it kind of gets hard when you, like, throw a ball out and all of a sudden it's a uh... – it's sticky. Like when the umpire throws the ball to like the bat boy to go get new balls or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, very rarely does, but here's the thing. Very rarely does the umpire actually have to throw the ball out to, oh, 100%. to the bat boy. It's usually the catcher throwing the ball out while the umpire throws a new ball into the pitcher. Yeah. So I think that's the only issue. So I'm saying like, if it could be something small in the chest protector, right? That the catcher just kind of grabs, puts, puts a little on quickly in the glove and throws it back to the pitcher to help him out. I'm not saying that's happening, by the way, folks. I don't think it is. That's too much thought process. Pitchers want more control than having the catcher do it for them. But <laughs> you yep. just got to you gotta be aware of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not looking good for the MLB. And it sucks because there's some great storylines in the MLB that we really haven't talked about for weeks now because you and me have talked about this for three straight weeks. Right, like think about Vladdy doing what Vladdy's doing right now. Otani is just ridiculously good. Jacob Degrom's season is insane. Fernando mm-hmm. Tatis battling injury is still in the home run lead. Like all of these stories are stuff that we could be talking about. The San Francisco Giants are first in the league. Yeah, in the league, not not in their division, not just in their division, not just in the NL, in the entire league, and we're not talking about it, Kyle, because mm-hmm. we're dealing with this crap. Yeah, it's frustrating. It really oh, is because you. I feel like you and me would have a great conversation regarding the Giants and how they've done what they've done, or I, talking about the home run race and who we think is going to do it. We haven't even got a chance to talk about who's going to be in the home run derby, and yet we're talking about this for the third straight week. And you know what? Probably something's going to happen this week that we're going to have to talk about it again. We're not yeah. having a show next week. We're we're taking the weekend off. Canada Day, Fourth um, of July, Independence Day for our folks down in the states. We're taking the week off. We're, we're <laughs> so we'll do a really big show two weeks from now. But for now, yeah. it's just frustrating that this is the only thing we get to talk about from the MLB because we have to talk about it week in week out. Well, can we also talk about how bad the All Star Game jerseys are? I haven't even seen them. Let me pull those up. Absolutely. Like the hats, not bad. Hats are okay. Jerseys, absolutely terrible. Oh my goodness! Is it just? It just says like, oh. They're going two buttons. Oh. Not a full button jersey. Oh. Doing a two button pullover. The hats are nice. The hats, the hats, I like. The jerseys. What the hell were you thinking? Oh, oh. They put the logo over top of the name going down. It's not even the name. It's the it's the acronym. It's the abbreviation, but you're putting the logo on top of it. It's like. Put it on the opposite side. Like, oh. <laughs> like, like, I don't like, mind the color schemes. Like, the dark blue with the oh, uh, with the tan yeah. looks really good. But, oh. But it's, like, but it's like, dude. like They tried to force red in. Yeah, right? but it, it, They it, just tried to force the red in on both of the jerseys. But, like, like I'm looking at the L.A. Dodgers one. It says L.A.D. on the, the left chats going down to probably mid yeah, mid. You can't even see the logo. And then the logo is just hidden inside the A in like the regular. Yeah, Dodgers the Mets play. one is even worse. Yeah, 
It's oh, that's well, I, first of all, I, I don't know why the Mets are in that color. Like that's not their logo. Their logo is orange. Well, no, but they're doing all of the. No, I I get they're doing all the logos in the color, but like, whose bright idea was to do it in that color? Yeah, like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> and like San Fran, right? Because they usually go by SF. They're SFG. Well, that's their that's their three letter abbreviation. No, no, I know, but 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 whenever San Fran is playing, it's SF. No, it's I know, SF. I know, but if they're trying to keep consistent, you go with the three letter abbreviations for all of them. Oh, for sure, but like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's just that's oh, not good. Yeah. That is. I mean, no. I mean, I might get one of those hats, but that's about it. I'm not touching those jerseys. Those are bad. I was actually looking forward to this. I thought this was going to be really a good opportunity for them to do some really cool things, especially with like the Rocky Mountains theme, right? There's so much you could do with Colorado. Oh, that's disappointing. They almost look like they tried to go with like a Hawaiian print on the sleeves and stuff too, eh? Oh, yeah. And honestly, it looks looks like somebody copy and pasted the logo and put it in the wrong spot. Yeah. It It looks like the logo should be on the right chest. While the name going down is on the left, no, it would have been better. Like, they could have gone across, like put the col going like down, sort of oh, like 100%. the Rangers, right, and then have yeah. the logo. Yeah, but it's one of those like, I don't know. It, yeah. Yikes. Also, the fact there's no there's no Canada flag on the on the Jays jersey, and I'm kind of upset about that. So that's just me. Yeah. What the heck? How is that allowed? Yeah. Is it just because they're playing in the States this year? No idea. Or, oh, like no, the they book? usually do this. Anytime that anytime it's in the States, they don't put the Canadian flag on the Jays. I thought, I thought they always still have a Canadian flag on it. No. Huh. It's a tradition. I forget. It. I forgot about that. That's a problem. They need to fix that. Yeah. So, yeah. All yeah, right. I just wanted to... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, I hadn't even looked at it. I, I saw that they were released, but I hadn't actually looked at it. So, yeah. disappointing, man. Disappointing. 100%. The hats are nice, though. The Colorado yeah. one looks sick. Yeah. Just because it's the, it's the right colors. but. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, all right. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you want more information on their great opportunities with Gabe and Dan check them out at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow their Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy they got some great videos going on all the time uh, they're great guys make sure you check them out Gabe obviously is uh, part of our network now but when we started this whole partnership he was not so <laughs> I can say that freely uh, we're going to take a quick break Kyle yep. come back and uh, I don't know we'll see what we talk about after that but right now we're going we're going to break and we'll see you on the other side Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Betting House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at Betting House Pod, where you can catch all our bets each week as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. All right, Cal, we're back. And, I mean, we can go so many different directions here, so I'm going to leave it up to you. Where, where would you like to head next? Are we hitting NHL, NBA? Do you want to go Euro? Do you want to talk something else? Um, 
Let's go. Let's go Euro. Let's go Euro. Let's go Euro. Go, All right. Let's go over uh, the groups and kind of surprises, and we'll talk about that. Sounds good, man. Well, it's been entertaining. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you that this has been. There's been some amazing games. There's been some absolutely dull games too. I won't deny that fact, but. Um, let's start, just go group by group, see how we did on our predictions and group A. I, I think I got that one exactly right. I had uh, Wales surprising and finishing yeah, I, second. I, I don't know if anybody really had Turkey going last though. That was insane. I, I think I was, I was debating between Switzerland and Turkey for third, just because the Swiss play a super good defensive system and might frustrate teams a la the New York Islanders and Montreal Canadiens in the hockey playoffs. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't think I expected Turkey to give up eight goals in three games and have a negative seven goal differential. This is a team that was came in flying 100%. into the tournament. Um, but I think the big takeaway from this group is Italy looks really good. They look like a full on, like complete team. And that's something that Italy has been missing for a couple years now yeah. is they, they weren't cohesive. I guess, gelling together is what you could they say. weren't cohesive yeah 100 so i mean they look good i i don't know if i would have given them a shot at the beginning. i don't think i gave them a shot at the beginning of the tournament but i mean i think you had them winning that, this group but that's just because the rest of the group wasn't very good 100 but it was one of those i i didn't i didn't really know how far they could go but looking at that team i think they can go pretty far to be honest Oh, yeah. I think this team has the opportunity to be very, very good, which is incredibly odd to say, considering we came into this tournament not really knowing what to make of this Italian team. We didn't know um, who was really going to score for them. Well, it turns out they're just going to score by committee. Yep. And that defense looks probably the best defense in the tournament so far, in my opinion. They've looked like the best defense in the tournament. Yep. And whenever you have the best defense in the Euros, you're usually going to go really, really far. Yeah. So we, I expect Germany, or sorry, not Germany, Italy to make a decent run at this. They, a lot of people after the round, after the uh, group stage, have them ranked as the number one team. I mean, I can see it, hundred percent. I can absolutely but, see it. Like to me, they got they got Austria in the first game. I honestly don't think they're going to. Like, I don't want to say it. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna be that close. No. Like, I think honestly, I think it could be like a two nothing game for Italy, and I don't think like. like I, I think could. I could see more. That's the sad part. I I could see more, but I think it's also Italy is gonna just like play it where like all right, let's kill some time type of thing. Where, but they and, did and that they, in their first two games. They won both of those three nil. Yeah, I right? think Austria is a little bit better of a team comparatively than Turkey and Switzerland, but. But I mean, I mean, the Swiss are a good defensive team, though, right? Like, I would say, I would say honestly, like they picked apart that Swiss defense. Sure. And outside of, no offense, like Alaba is the best player on Austria, like by far. Sure. It's not even close. But they don't even have him playing at the back. So are they, are they going to be caught out because he's a little bit further up the pitch? They could for sure. Right. I'm just worried about that. Again, I think Austria will put up a little bit more of a fight than Turkey and Switzerland, but I could see this being another three nothing match. Like, yeah, sure. So, and then Wales. I love. I loved watching Wales in the group stage because you didn't know what to expect game in game out. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, and the biggest thing, the Wales in the first game, 
is not the whales that ended that that ended the the and that's the biggest thing is like whales turned it around big time in game Um, match two and three for sure exactly and 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 honestly whales gave italy you know kind of a scare in the bit then obviously the red card and kind of hurt their chances from there but um wales is a team to watch because like i i think they honestly like they're big underdogs today but they should beat denmark i think um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get why they're such big underdogs. Honestly, I I get that everyone sees it in its whales, and they just assume that they're not going to be very good. But honestly, this Wales team isn't the Wales team from the past. This no. is a team with skill. Like, Gareth Bale is a skilled player. Dan yep. James has the ability to make a break out of nothing. Yep. And now you're saying they're going up against a Denmark team who. Yeah, they're riding a lot of emotion for sure, no doubt about it. With the with everything that happened with Christian Eriksen, they got the emotional side down. Yep. But they've looked shaky. They've looked tested. Well, you know, they and you know, going back to what I said, where Russia's going to fail miserably, um, and they did. And they did. Uh, Denmark beat them four one. Other than that, they had one goal in two games against Finland and Belgium. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong. Finland kind of showed up and, like, showed us, okay, they can actually be, like, a middle-of-the-pack team right now. And that I mean, let's not forget that that was the one-nil game again that Ericsson went down. So that's a – Oh, was for, a, for sure. But it was a even game then, for both teams. But even then, they conceded two goals. Like, basically, the one goal a game is basically what they conceded, which, I mean, compared to some of these other teams, like, Russia conceded seven – it's like and four like against fin- Denmark. Yeah, and like like Finland was like, all right, okay, like you know, yes, we conceded three goals, but you know, we got to score a couple more, and, and that was the biggest thing about Finland was who's going to score, right? Can Kuki do it? Not really, but can he? Uh, yes. What did he? No. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I can definitely see Wales upsetting for sure. So it'll be it'll be an interesting game. Starts at twelve o'clock. So you got an, uh, an hour and twenty minutes from this point. So. Um, that is definitely a game I'm going to uh, try and watch for sure. So. Yeah, I feel like that will be one of the the better games in the first in this round of 16. Obviously, the Belgian Portugal game, which we'll get into, is going to be another good one in the England Germany. But this is going to be a fun one, honestly. We can let's, I guess we can kind of move on to that Group B, right? Since we're already yeah. there, um, yep. Belgium took the group, and Denmark finished second. But there was three teams tied with three points. Yeah, right. Any of them could have gone through on goal differential. Denmark is the one who gets to go through um, because they pulled out that big 4-1 victory against Russia on the last match day. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Denmark, I'm scared because what we've seen is when teams can attack the Danes, yep. they get they get hemmed in. Like Finland <laughs> wasn't super attacking. But they hemmed Denmark in for a lot of that game, even before Christian Eriksen went down. Oh, they still had pressure, hundred percent. Right, and then after, obviously, I, I'm not, I'm not really going to blame them for what happened after. Like that's that's one of the hardest things. I don't know how they played that match, honestly. I don't know how either team played that match, yeah. and we talked about that. I can't yeah. believe they had to play that match, but I just, I have no confidence in them going forward, other than on counterattacks right now. And I think this Welsh team is built f- to play against a counter-attacking team yeah. because they're a counter-attacking team. So they actually want the Danes to try to attack. 
and they're going to let the Danes have more possession than they've been getting in other matches, maybe not the Russian match, but they're going to let them have that. But I think the Welsh are a better defensive team than the Russians. Mm-hmm. And the Welsh are also more dangerous on the counterattack. When you have Gareth Bale and Dan James running out on your counterattack with that big giant of a striker that they have in Moore, yeah. like, pff, dude... Oh. Let, let alone when Ramsey's on his game, you add him to the mix too. And and him and Bale in that second game had a great connection. They were they were honestly they eyes could have been closed mix that would have found each other with a pass somehow. Yeah, and if only close. Ramsey could hit the goddamn net. How many goals would he have this tournament? Well, that's what you know. I I, I took a bet today for his shots. Definitely not shots on target, just shots, <laughs> just shots in general. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um yeah, no, honestly, this is going to be a very exciting game, and uh, I'm interested to see how it turns out. So. Yeah, so that'll be a good one. And those are the only two teams that got through. I'm kind of disappointed Finland didn't get through. I actually thought they played well. They just had no goal scoring, as we talked yep. about. They Pookie didn't do anything. Yep. And that's not necessarily his fault. I think he got shut down a lot by the three other teams in the, in the division because they knew he was their number one guy to go to key on, I guess, on the offense. Yeah. But they didn't play bad, I think, in any of the games. In my they played, opinion. A, they played a great defensive game in yeah. all in all three games, arguably. Yeah. Like like Belgium didn't blow them out, didn't really like yes, they controlled the pace and all that kind of stuff. I get that, but But you knew that was gonna happen. You knew that was gonna happen. And, and Finland held their own. I'll give them credit on that. But yeah, the biggest thing is it, it's very much like, you know, uh like a Harry Kane type of thing with England where they know that's their main go-to guy. Like, yes, England has other pieces and lots of yeah, attacking. It's, it's a little bit oh. different, but yeah. You know but, what I mean. but it's the same thing where it's, it's one central attacker that they got to focus on. They focus on Kane. Okay, somebody else beat us. Yeah. Right? For against Finland, they focus on Puki. Somebody else beat Someone us. Someone else right? has to beat. And they couldn't. They just couldn't find anyone to beat. No, just couldn't do it. And, and you know, and it's unfortunate. But honestly, the, the good thing for Finland is if they play like this, they will be in contention for Euro many years to come. So it'll be, uh, it's good to see. And it's good to see another team that's actually going to compete worldwide. So, yeah, hopefully they can uh, bounce back. And I don't know if, did they qualify for World Cup? I don't know. To be honest. I don't know. So we'll check that and we'll get back to you. But maybe they could be, a, they could be an interesting team in the World Cup for sure. If, if they do oh, make it there. Sure. If not, hey, three years from now, the next Euro. No, we don't have to wait four years for the next Euro. It's three. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's move on to Group C. Well, I know you're looking it up, but I'm, I'm going to move on to Group C. And this was the Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia group. And Kyle, if I told you before the tournament that Netherlands was going to have the most goals coming out of the group stage, you would have called me crazy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well... Netherlands has the most goals coming out of the group stage, Kyle. They have eight. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those, like, and the biggest thing for the Netherlands was we were worried that that team wasn't going to be a complete team because of injuries. Absolutely. That was the big. <clears throat> and then the first game happened, and they showed us they don't need everybody to win the game. <laughs> I mean, they were playing the Ukraine, who is not who is not a powerhouse. No, no, not by I mean, any Granted, means. they're through, so they're in the next yeah. round too. <laughs> but it's one of those, yeah, they're not a powerhouse, but they're no slouch either. They're not they're not a team that's just gonna roll over and okay, yeah, you can win four nothing, no problem. 
<clears throat> North Macedonia. Um, hey, you know uh, what? Um, I, we'll get into this. I'm gonna. T- I have. I have some good things to say about North Macedonia. But continue. But it's one of those to me is, and it was honestly this group kind of played out how we thought. I think there was a chance that we thought Ukraine was eventually going to beat Austria, but it was always that if maybe. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine were the top three easily. Um, I think everybody had Netherlands winning. And then North Macedonia was, hey, there's always a chance they can upset, but who knows? So, yeah, um, for sure. And I, I think, I think. I think the biggest surprise for the Netherlands is that we weren't sure how the attack was going to come together. Like I talked about Memphis Depay and I thought he was going to have a great tournament. And I think he's had a very, very good tournament despite not putting up goal numbers. Like I was expecting. He's been electric for this Netherlands squad making great runs. I think he has like three assists or something on eight goals. Like he is playing outstanding. Uh, Wijnaldum has been elite as the captain which I honestly did not see coming. And I just think that they have looked really, really good for a team that we didn't expect a whole lot from. And I hope that they continue that because it's fun to watch. Like, this is something that I, I never expected to say, but it's been fun to watch the Dutch team in this tournament. I didn't expect it because they're, they're kind of in, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and just imagine if they had the best player on the field. Well, he's back now. No, I'm saying Van Dyke. Oh, okay. I was thinking DeLitt. No, I was saying Van Dyke. Like, imagine imagine they had him in the back line. You yeah, add him and DeLitt. Are you okay. kidding me? No one's getting by. I was saying, you had you add him to the team that's already dominated this group stage so far. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's an injury, whatever. It is what it is. But it was like just thinking of the potential of this Netherlands team, which everybody was so worried about. It's like, no, they are, they should be good for years to come now. Like it's, well, that's the thing. I wasn't sure how to, how to approach them going into this tournament because they've been kind of on a down for the last few years. They're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out their system. Well, they they, missed the last, didn't they? They didn't qualify the last one or something like that. Wasn't it? Yeah. They missed the world cup. They missed the world cup. But this is a team that I just wasn't convinced was going to be a superstar yet. Like, I knew they were building back up. They got a lot of good young players. I've mentioned DeLitt. You can talk about uh, uh, Van de Beek, all these guys, right? Depay, I mean, you can even include him. I know he's not super young, but he's young in comparison to some of the older superstars. These are guys that are going to help the Netherlands, but I thought these are guys that were going to help the Netherlands for maybe, like, the World Cup next year or, or, like, three years from now in the Euros not be as good as they've looked. And I'm not going to say that their group was overly difficult. Like, no offense, Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia is not the toughest group in the Euros. But they've showed that they can compete and dominate the teams that you're supposed to dominate, where a Mm -hmm. lot of top teams sometimes struggle with those matches. So, um, quickly, I want to talk about North Macedonia. Because I expected nothing from North Macedonia in this tournament. And I thought they actually looked very, very good. I know they lost 3-0 to the Netherlands. That sucks. But as we just said, the Netherlands looked really, really good. Yep. They lost 3-1 to Austria on the first match day. And no offense, I think North Macedonia should have won that game. It was 1-1 for the longest time. There was two late goals, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, 78th and 89th minute. Like, North Macedonia, I thought, played very, very well in the first half and probably should have been up 2-1. Yeah. 
and that would have changed the game completely at halftime. Yeah. Um, but three one is, I think, an unfair scoreline. I would have accepted more of a two one loss. And then they lost to the Ukraine two one as well. And I thought they were in that match pretty much the whole time, too. They could have won two of these games. Oh, for sure. Which is crazy to say, because we expected nothing from this squad. And their captain, Pandev, who is one of the oldest players I've seen play in a Euro match, looked spry for moments and then looked his age for moments. But he's he's now bowed out of uh, Euros by the sounds of it. You know what? He did his country proud of this entire squad. Did their country proud. Congratulations to you guys. You did not disappoint in the Euros. So don't worry. We are all on your side here at Garage Door Sports at least. So keep doing you. Um, Move on or do you want to add anything to that? No, no, no. They're they're definitely a team that was one of those coming in. There was always a a chance of of upset and all kind of stuff. They they beat Germany on the way to the Euro and all kind of stuff. and they definitely didn't didn't disappoint. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, there's a couple other teams that we're going to talk about um, later on in a couple of these groups that did disappoint, oh, and yeah, uh, uh, that you know they should not be not should not feel bad whatsoever about uh, how yeah. things worked out. Yeah, do not hang your heads if you're North Macedonia. All right, Group D, Kyle, England, Croatia, Czech Republic are all through. Yep. Scotland is the only team eliminated from this group. Um, I'm not as convinced as I was for England. No. I thought they were going to have a really good Euros. And I still think they're going to go far, but that's more just based off of the, uh, the the draw that they got in the round of 16. They can get by Germany, which, let's be honest, I'm not convinced with the German defense right now. They haven't looked super solid in their games. Yeah. So maybe the England guys can catch them on counterattacks. Because I will say the England defense looks good. Haven't given up a goal yet. They have. They've looked solid. Their mm-hmm. offense just looks anemic. Yeah, and that's a problem. They won two games, one nil. Mm-hmm. They have two goals in three matches, and they haven't given one up. So, I mean, again, the defense has looked really good against some attacking teams that aren't really attacking. Sure. Yeah. In Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland, I wouldn't say any of those threes are attacking mm-hmm. teams. Not at all. So, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on this group? I mean, it, as we said before, it was England to lose. You know, they they did what they had to do to get to the next stage. But as, as you said, I'm I would be worried for England because I don't know if they're going to score. Like, <laughs> I don't know on any given in every given match who's going to score because if Kane gets shut down, you know, Sterling's been okay, good sometimes. Like he he's had his moments. I'm kind of surprised Sancho hasn't played a minute yet. He has played a minute. He played oh, the sorry, last he, 10, he, I think. Yeah. Sorry, he came in as a substitute for, you know, garbage shit time. But, um, like, kind of interested in that one. You know, uh, Grealish has looked good, good when he's in been the on the pitch. Yeah, when he came in, he looked good. But it was one of those, like, you know, Pickford's definitely your goalie, by the way. You know, I don't think there's any question about that. He's he's definitely saved some opportunities for sure. Um, oh, I don't think there was really a question. Uh, as soon as Henderson yeah. went down and was no longer with the squad, yeah, I think it was painfully obvious that Pickford's your, your starter right away. 
I mean, I think they're going to still have their hands full with that German team because that the German team, especially in the Portugal game, showed that they do have an attacking force. And and yes, they gave up a couple, but we'll see. They definitely how- have an attacking force, but I just think the England squad has played well defensively, so they might be able to counteract that. So I think it's going to be the anemic England attack going up against the, in my opinion, I'm not confident with the German defense right now. So that's the matchup that I think decides that game. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think Croatia or Czech Republic have the same attacking as Germany. So oh God, no. I don't, I don't know if they've faced they've the England defense has been truly pushed to the limit yet. So Fair. I'm kind of see how it works there, because um, obviously we were talking about Croatia. Yes, they went through, but they looked slow. They looked old. Czech Republic kind of surprised, but realistically, it was their striker that did everything to get them through. Oh, um, that that uh, I mean, goal was just stupid yeah so i mean there's definitely check the checks to me are the team out of this group that i wouldn't want to face because they they're sneaky right so i i think out of those you know the checks they gotta gotta play the netherlands (laughs) i know so we were just talking about the netherlands so but i still think that's gonna be an interesting game you know if the checks can go up early comparatively and make Netherlands come from behind, I think that could be a key for the Czechs. Oh, absolutely. But that's obviously asking a lot. So we'll see how that one goes. But, you know, kind of disappointing with, kind of disappointing with how Scotland went. They got their point against England. So it's, it's, it's a successful say, I, The sad thing is I don't think they looked, like, awful in their games. They just gave up cheeky goals. Like, those, that they're Czech the, goal is a cheeky goal. They're the Finland of this group. Yeah. They didn't score. But they like, I don't first, think they played. They scored their first goal in like twenty years in the third game. Yeah, I just don't think they played bad. I just think they didn't play great either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in that last game, losing Billy Gilmore in that last game, who looked fantastic in yeah. the England game, I think hurt them because they didn't have that facilitator in the middle. They could have um, won that they, game. I don't think that. I don't think Croatia was the better team. No, no, not at all. And honestly, I think I, I think you know a couple missing pieces for that Scotland team, and you know, a couple bounces the other way because Scotland had probably three or four chances that should have gone in the net. They just missed the net. Yeah. Um, so to me, that lots you know, of finishing really, training. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily you know disappointing, but definitely could have been a better better result for yeah, sure. So for sure. <clears throat> let's right. uh, let's move on to this group that is very interesting. Hey, you lead it, go man. You're you're already, you're on a roll. Just I mean, go for it. <laughs> watching these games, I I love Sweden. I don't know why. Like it's they are boring as hell to watch. Terrible, terrible, terrible TV style team. Honestly, they play. But they play a smart game. It's not. I wouldn't even call it boring. Like, no, I get like, what you're saying. Yeah, but... yeah. As somebody who's watching soccer. I may not be a diehard fan of soccer or a, or a it, tactic guy like I am. They're not a team to watch, Fair. but Fair. at the same point, their upset potential is huge. And, and I think, you know, all, all the power to Sweden, I think Spain was a s- extreme letdown um, in this group, but we knew not that being, Spain wasn't going to be world beaters either. No, but but I still expect them to win this group. And the fact that they, uh, you know, drew twice, yeah. to me is disappointing. Okay, I fair. think Spain. I think Spain. Sh- like they couldn't score. That was the biggest oh, problem. Oh yeah, well that's obvious. 
but and you know and then uh, and then all of a sudden face Poland and say hey we're gonna wipe the floor with you um uh, so no they, oh, they sorry, wiped the sorry, floor with Slovakia. Slovakia Slovakia sorry um so like it's one of those I'm not sure I don't you know that the, the game on Monday the Croatia Spain game it's gonna be awful god that's gonna be terrible <laughs> It's going to be a very, very boring game. It's going to be awful. Sure. It's going to be so bad. Um, but here's it, the thing: when yeah. you're leading, no offense to Spain, they have six goals. They have six different goal scorers. Yeah. If you have more than five goals, one of your strikers should have two of them. Sure, hundred percent. Right? Am I wrong with that? No, it should be, and you know, maybe this is the difference between you know. I keep going back to England just because of Harry Kane and the lack of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 quite the opposite of what what England, right? It, it's one of those. Spain's been able to distribute the ball to multiple people, different people score. England's been trying to force it and get one person to score compared to other things, right? So, so I, I think it's a combination of yes, your striker should have more goals, but at the same point, I think it allows your team to not be as easy to read i guess is what you could say because they know that they, they they can't say okay they're going to force the ball to the striker in the, in the center of the box it's like no no the shot can come from the outside could be a cross in whatever it may be um so i, I think in a way it makes spain more easy. interesting and harder to read i guess yeah i guess um, but here's the thing yeah they only have four goals from their own team oh no i know then again, like, but like, cause that's the same with the, uh, I go back to the Germany Portugal game. Cause that's the one I, uh, I watched really intently yeah. was like, yes, those are considered own goals, but they were going in no matter what, like, no, like, uh, technically the rule is, is an own goal is a goal that would not have gone in without interference from the defending team. Yeah. So if so it's then, deflected off a defender, but it was going in, it still counts. Yeah, but so that I, I don't get that because like the whole Kai Havertz one literally was going in the net and the defender hit it with his toe. But had was the goalie going to make the save if he hadn't touched it? Is the question? Oh, it was on the outside of the net. Oh, if it was on the outside of the net, then no, he was he was he was on the other side, like was on the right post, and the ball went to the left post. Or yeah, yeah. And, I don't know. But, I didn't. I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I didn't see the goal, so I can't. I can't yeah. make the comment. Technically, the rule is is that. An own goal is credited if the defending team deflection puts right. the ball in when there shouldn't have been a goal. Like if right. it was going to miss the net, hit the post, or the goalie was going to save it, then it's an own goal. But if yeah. if the ball was going in on its own and it hit the defender, it should still count as a goal for the attacking player. Okay. Okay. That's the that's so, what the rule is. I'm not saying that it was followed, but that's what the rule is. So going going back to this group though. Sweden has the inside track to do well in this because they're on the easy side. They got the bracket. easy draw, and we'll get we'll get into the draw after for sure and talk yeah. about it a little bit more. But yeah, but but I mean, they got the Ukraine in the first game. We were talking about how the Ukraine has been disappointing. Like, I think Sweden should take care of the Ukraine, no problem. Absolutely. So absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're the last game of, of the round of sixteen, but you know, I think Sweden could do something with this, and they don't even have like. Isaac looks great. Buddy. He looks so good. Like I love watching him play. Ibrahimovic. No, could you imagine though if Ibra was at the top of that and he because Isaac's a like a winger. 
Yeah. No, Could you I'm imagine sure. those two playing together? Holy moly, that would be fun. That would be... We might. Oh. Hey, you know what? If Sweden makes the World Cup next year, Zlatan could play in it. Well, because the only reason he's not playing is he's injury. Right? Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. He he retired and then came back because he wanted to play again. Right. Yeah. And he would have been leading the front line for this team. Instead, it's Emil Forsberg. Yeah. Who's looked? I mean, I mean, Forsberg's looked great so far. He's looked good, absolutely. But so you tell me, Kyle, would you rather have Forsberg or Ibra? I would, I would honestly try and figure out how to get Forsberg in the lineup, even with Ibra back. You know, and they, whether, might, whether they might drop him back to like out, to an yeah, attacking whether, made kind of role, or or kick him out right and have a, a front three. I don't, I don't know how well, they've been playing on the right side in the matches I've I've been watching him on the right. Okay, I think so he's a versatile guy. So let's put Forsberg on the left. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, ha- have having a, a front three of Ibra, Forsberg, and Isak. And all of a sudden, Sweden, who's a great at defending, now looks great for attacking. Too. So That'd it's like interesting. that that could be a this Sweden team is it'll be interesting to see how things go. So yeah, and Spain obviously has actually a very good defense that we haven't really talked about. I'll give credit to their defense. They're attacking, they're attacking in spurts though, is what I find. Like they have a lot of possession, yep. but they're not doing a whole lot with the possession for most of the game. And then they attack in spurts, and they get like three chances in five minutes. And then yep. they sit on the ball for the next 15 minutes. It's like, no, you got to just keep keep applying that pressure. Force the other team down. Like, uh, super disappointed in Poland. They looked awful. I mean, in the last game, Lewandowski did everything he possibly could to, to get bring them that through. Like, he well, had they everything. won, they're through. Yeah. And then they give up the goal in, like, what, three minutes left or something like that? I think it's something like that here. Let me let me let me pull it up. But yeah, like it is just so disappointing because I thought they looked good. And Sweden outplayed them for sure. Don't get me wrong, I think Sweden outplayed them in that last game. They scored in the 90th plus 4 yeah. to win the game. But had Poland not given up that second goal and they and Lewa scores the two in the second half and they're yeah. up 2-1. They're through. So is Sweden. Yep. Like, it's just so disappointing. They did just did not look good. That's all I want to say about it. Because I'm oh, disappointed. And, and by and the way, that was the group that screwed my bet. See, I didn't take that group, so I won my bet. Well, I I took one winner from each group. I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna put a one one buck down for one winner from each group. It would have paid out like seventy five bucks. Yeah. And that was the only group that I got wrong. Yeah, I, I got 68 because I took everybody except, except for that, that group. group. <laughs> so, I had uh, Spain. So technically they went through, but they didn't win the group. So. But didn't win the group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, group F, the group of death was entertaining. I mean, the teams that we expected to go through went through. So The teams that we expected to go through went through, but not the way we expected them to go through. And Hungary, I think, surprised a lot of teams and looked very good. They ended up with two draws, man. Two draws. Yeah. Well, actually, I, th- I think I had this group exactly like that, actually. I think you might have had the order, but I think we had France winning all three games. Yes, for sure. For and sure. then Portugal and Germany beating Hungary, no problem, and then them fighting it out for that second spot. Yep. I was very surprised with Hungary. I think Hungary looked really good. I think France looked beatable. I think Germany looked beatable, and I think Portugal looked beatable on any given match. And yeah, that's kind I, of I think... sad coming from the group of death. Well, I think I think the biggest thing is... One, 
I'm curious what Portugal can do if they don't get six penalties a game. Um, I'm also curious to see what uh, France does with actual competition. Um, you know, their defense looked good, but did it? It, it looked okay. Sorry. Like, like their midfield best in the tournament. Absolutely. No their midfield looked fantastic. Their defense looked shaky. If you ask me, they well, tied Hungary. To me, the goal scoring was oh, questionable. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, Benzema finally scored a penalty. I don't know why Benzema took the penalty, by the way. I don't know why. Been you don't but... know why? Because he's really good at penalties. Yeah. Like Benz- <laughs> Benzema's always been really good at penalties. So you say, Hey, also... take it. I also love the fact that Ronaldo literally told the goalie where Benzema was going to shoot, and he literally shot in that exact spot. <laughs> and didn't Pepe? Uh, that was the one with Pepe, right? Where he uh, he went and yelled at the goalie after yeah, because he yeah. said the same thing because they all played together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like, "Hey, he's going here. He's going here." Oh, <laughs> no, look, but, he went right there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's uh, that whole group was interesting. So. Yeah. I mean, France took care of what they needed to take care of. Yes, they got a couple of draws, but they kind of knew at the same point all they needed was to draws. As soon as they beat, like, as soon as they beat Germany, right, and then and then uh, Germany goes out and beats Portugal. France is like, all right, I can draw with Portugal in the last game. I was not expecting the Hungary draw. That was no, you know, fan, a good like, good on Hungary. Hungary looked good, and like honestly potentially even deserved better, you know, losing to Portugal and giving up three goals and after an 85th minute is tough. Right. So like Hungary played great defensively. And if they would have drew that game, there's a chance that they actually would have gone through. So um, it, it, it's, it'd be interesting, but I mean, it, it, it's tough at the same point, right. Cause, cause that means Hungary would have had three draws. And they probably would have had the best goal differential. Exactly. So, so honestly, Portugal would have been out. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is actually like, it, it's. <laughs> well, the sad thing is if you watch that game, Hungary yeah. was the better team in the first like 60, 70 minutes, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and then Portugal brought all the pressure and, and Hungary defended beautifully until the 85th minute. And then all of a sudden. As soon as that first 87th, 90th plus two, three goals. Like and, and as, as soon as as soon as that first one went in, you knew it was over. You you knew there was no way. Well, it's funny because in the next two minutes before they gave up the penalty, they looked yeah. they were attacking. It almost looked like well, they were yeah. gonna win and get the draw. It's like, wow, damn, like keep doing you boys. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I don't know. They, they look good and all all the all the uh you know, all the power to Hungary, they they definitely deserved better than they got, but yeah. Um that group of death was more like a group of group of interesting play a group of paper cuts, um, <laughs> thousand small, so, tiny paper cuts, <laughs> you know, annoying, but not necessarily going to kill you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the other thing is I'm looking at this bracket right now. Yeah. You know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back to the bracket. Okay. Give, give yeah. us a, give us a chance to grab a quick water break. You guys at home, take a quick break as well. We'll be right back after this. Hey everyone, this is Irfan Manju from Touchline Thoughts. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly with guests every episode. We provide news, analysis, and opinions every episode as well. Touchline Thoughts is powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Cheers. 
All right, Kyle. We're back here, man. Let's do we the are. bracket. I'll read it out. You yep. tell me what you want to talk about, okay? Yep. On the one side, we got Belgium, Portugal, Italy, Austria. Mm-hmm. So, winner of those two matches will play off. France, mm-hmm. Switzerland, Croatia, Spain. So that's the yep. one side of the bracket. The other mm-hmm. side, we got Sweden, Ukraine, England, Germany. So, the winner of those two will play off. And then we got Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales, Denmark. Which quadrant? What What do you want to talk about here? Because there's a lot we can talk about. I I know we've already been on for 56 minutes, dude. But yeah. we, we could keep going for like 30 minutes on this if you want. So, take your pick. I mean, first off, I'll start. I'll start with the first one. That to me, it's gonna be Belgium, Italy that come out of that in the top left. Yeah. But that Belgium Italian game is going to be a good game. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Like, That's the game that we were, are look. Those are the type of games we're looking forward yeah. to in this tournament. Hundred percent. Hey, are, am I looking forward to a France Croatia game potentially? Not a chance. Like, you know, a France, France Spain. I'd be more interested in France Spain. Hundred percent. France Spain. I still think France has the big edge on that one, but that's just the way they're the way they're playing. I'm not really sure. I just don't trust Spain to be honest. Like, I trust the Spain defense though. The Spain defense sure. could be yeah. could be a problem for a France attack that's not been playing well. Sure. I mean, the Sweden defense or the Switzerland defense could be a problem for France. We never know. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like that side is the that's the that's the the side of death, I guess is what you could say. Right? <laughs> if you compare it to the other side, the Netherlands should walk the final. Sorry, are you looking for me to argue that? No, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm just making a statement. You just, like, you just paused, like you were waiting for me to argue with you. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> I mean, they lucked out. Like, yes, they they should have their hands full with the Czech Republic because I think the Czech, Czech Republic's a good team, got good striking. But Netherlands should take care of them easily. Um, you know, I see Sweden and God, it's a coin flip between England and Germany right now. I honestly could not tell you who's going to go through that. I want to uh, say England just because I was so high on them before the tournament, but man, they looked awful. I you know, and I want to say Germany because. I support Germany, but they didn't look fantastic. I think I'm more confident in Germany, though, attack. It's the problem. Like, I don't think they're very good defensively. And it could, as I said, it's going to probably come down to the anemic England attack facing off the German defense that I'm not confident in. But, man, this is going to be awful. That's how it's going to work. It's going to be a 0 0 draw and it's going to go to penalties. Just, it's because it's England versus Germany. So, yeah, it's going to go to penalties. It might not be 0 0, but it's going to go to penalties. So, So, I mean, Netherlands lucked out with how those draw came out. You know, no matter who wins, we do think it's going to be Wales over Denmark. But even saying that, I don't think that Wales team matches up very well against the Netherlands, whose defense is outstanding. Oh, no. And, and it's just, you know, Wales, as we said, Wales is great for the counterattack. But against that Netherlands defense on the counterattack, I don't know how they really people, matter. You can't really beat that Netherlands defense yeah. on the counterattack because of their speed, oh. so it's going to be interesting. I mean, you never know, right? Wales could have a great game and surprise the Netherlands. That's really the yeah. only way I see them coming out of the group. I do think Wales wins that first game, as you said, against Denmark, and I think Netherlands yeah. beats the Czech Republic. Although, as you said, the Czechs look pretty good, so it, it could be an interesting match for the Netherlands. 
I'm not even touching that England-Germany game with a 12-put pole, and I'm taking Sweden. I'm going Netherlands. I'm not touching the England-Germany game. Not not even touching it. Netherlands, Sweden on that side of the planet. Interesting. A lot of people are going to take whoever wins that England-Germany game over whoever comes out of Sweden-Ukraine for sure. But I like I like what you're saying. I like what Isak and Forsberg are doing for that front line of Sweden. That's a dangerous two, and I'm not confident in the German defense if they get through. Well, and, and that's what my thought was, was I'm not confident in the English striking. So that's why I think if England goes through and they face Sweden, whose defense has been really good top notch yeah right if 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 sweden counterattacks against england with, with isak and his giant speed going down that that wing that could be an issue for england so that's why i think if england do, does move on and sweden moves on look for sweden netherlands in that side of the final i like it i, I i'm i'm all for that and you know what i would love to see wales england just because that would be a super fun match just rivalries and whatnot yep. don't think it's gonna happen i mean i don't Wales, see it happening Wales could be the cinderella story you never know maybe maybe and you know what i'd much rather denmark be the cinderella story but and then so on the other side i would love to see a belgium france final on the other side i want italy france i really do i really think that would be a lot of fun because zidane 2.0 well no it was france beat italy to to start their run right how fitting would would it be that That everyone hypes up france the whole way and the italians are coming in super underrated that the Mm -hmm. italians knock off the french in the semi-final to get to the euro final how fitting would that be we got to get gabe on to ask him about that because he is italian so I mean, I mean, hundred percent. Like that, that Italian team is no slouch. Uh, and you know, I'm looking at uh, rankings, kind of, of how they rank the teams after the group stage, and they have the Italian team number three. Yeah. So, well, again, like I just said, some places have them at number one. Everybody that I've seen has them in the top three. So. So. I mean, it it'll be interesting, and uh, I think there's I think there's gonna be some good games. There's a couple games in here, obviously, like the Croatia Spain game, um, and I think honestly the Sweden Ukraine game that's sh- that is not gonna be as good as people think. And or actually, I don't think anybody thinks it's gonna be good. So. I was gonna say, who thought it's gonna Sweden, be good? I think it's going to be as bad as people think. I think Sweden takes care of Ukraine. And That's why I don't great. think it will be bad. I think Sweden will just take care of it. It won't be a close game, but I still I think it won't be a boring game either. But but as I was saying before, like Sweden's not the team you want to watch if they're like if you like entertaining yeah. like entertaining games. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but they're an entertaining team at the same point. So it's kind of interesting in that aspect. And Croatia, Spain, I honestly don't care. I could care less. I think Spain wins that game just because I don't see the Croatians doing anything. Yeah. Against a good Spanish defense, I don't see the Croatians doing anything. Like unless Modric pulls out another godly shot like he did against Scotland, but Yeah, but I still don't think that like one goal I don't think is going to do it for Croatia. I think they're no. going to need 3 to win that game and I just don't that, see them that, scoring 3 against Spain. That is 100% going to be a 2-1 game. Yeah. So so I guess you have 
you have Belgium, France in your semifinal. You have Sweden and the Netherlands in the other side. So who's taking it all? Call it now because the tournament will be done probably by the time we talk next, I think. I have to I have to stay. This is killing him, by the way, folks. Oh, actually, no. Sorry. The final will be the day after our next show. But put, put your pick in now. Huh? Netherlands. You're going Netherlands? Their, their defense is elite, and they're getting goal scored. Memphis Depay looks like an elite striker now. So it's like I can't I can't knock them right now. Yeah. You know, Somebody's got to score against them, and I don't see very many people doing that. Fair enough. I'm taking Italy. I'm mm-hmm. taking Italy over the Netherlands in the final. I like it. I like and that it. is, like, think about that two weeks ago. We were not saying either of those teams. No. Here we are, I, Kyle. Welcome to, the, welcome to the show. I think we all had friends, right? Or yeah. majority of us had friends. And it was one of those, like, yes, France can round in the form and, and definitely be better. Don't get me wrong. But at the same point, until they show that, like, they got the easy side. That's the biggest thing for France is they have the easy side until that. Until they're semi. Well, yeah, final four, I guess we're gonna call it. Their semifinal, yeah. So, I mean, they even got the they even got the easy side of the easy side. <laughs> well, no, they got the easy side of the hard side, France. What? They're on the hard side. Oh, of the yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Their easy right. side of the hard side. Easy side of the hard side, yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of words. <laughs> I mean, so we'll see. And I do like that Italian pick. You know, it's that that Belgium Italian game to me, is going to be the most interesting game. And that's going to be the game that I watch no matter what's happening. Whether I'm at work or what, I'm not sure when that game is supposed to be, but... Um, uh, I'll pull it up for you. You, you keep talking. It's, it's it's going to be a very interesting game, so... Um, it will be Friday at 3, at o'clock. 3 o'clock. Okay, so we will most likely... We'll be, be back golf. at the trailer. We'll be fine. We'll, we'll be golfing at that point, probably. Not on Friday. Yeah, I'm going Thursday, Friday. I know. I didn't think we were going to be golfing in the afternoon. Anyway, that's besides the point. I thought we were going earlier. I figured we might be back at the trailer for three. We'll have to... Uh, we'll have to we'll see. To, uh, Either way, we'll find a way to watch that match together, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I have to stream it on my phone, I'll stream it on my phone. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll figure it away. Anyways. Um, listen, we haven't even touched NHL, NBA. Do you want to talk them quick, or do you want to go final thoughts here, my friend? It's up to you. Um... I don't really want to talk about NBA. We can we can touch about the NHL. Uh, I mean, hey, the final is set. We have we have a final. Tampa Bay versus Montreal, my friend. I mean, it means I'm going to actually watch a few games because if it was the Islanders Montreal, I would not have watched a single game. No, you and would have I... watched you would have watched the first clinching game and that would have been it. Just to see. You would have, just because I know you and you like sports enough to see if they're, they're going to win. That's the only reason you would watch that series. I know that. I'm aware I of that. Quite on, I quite honestly have not watched a full game of sports yet in the last three weeks. Two um, weeks, because you and me watched the, the game. The only ago. games I'm actually watching in entirely are Euro right now. Yeah, absolutely. Only, it's been fun. It's new. It's, new, it's different. It's, it's something it's that's not the same. It's, and it's and been it fun, Kyle. Us. Let's be honest. It's been fun. I'm going to keep saying it. Hundred percent, right? Like NBA, I've watched bits and pieces. NHL, I've watched bits and pieces, but and MLB, I struggle to watch now. Um, but 
you know, it's just one of those, it's, I, I'm doing this again. Um, Montreal is a Cinderella story right now. And as long as you have carry price and play good defensively, you have a shot. Well, the crazy thing, can I, can I just jump in quickly? The crazy thing is they're playing the exact same style that they did in the regular season. A lot of teams change their style come playoff time. They grip the sticks a little bit harder. They switch things up. They don't play all four lines, yada, yada, yada. Montreal is playing the exact same style they did in the regular season. And this was a team that went through a lot of injuries. Let's not let's not forget that. Kerry Price was down for a while. Weber was hurt. Edmondson, Petrie, Cole Caulfield wasn't even playing for the team except for the last, like, three games. And he looked pretty good those games, too. This is a team that hasn't changed their style. They play all four lines. They're just telling you. They're just basically said, listen, we're playing with house money. There's no need to grip the sticks harder, boys, because we shouldn't be here. Yeah. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. No. like who? Somebody, somebody tweeted out the other day was that the Montreal Canadiens were the 18th best team in a in – a, NHL that only should allow 16 teams in the playoffs. Yeah, they were they were overall 18th. And even if you want to use East versus West like a normal season, the Rangers would have had the wild card spot in the division. Yep. So they would not have been in the playoffs. So they basically have said, listen, we know we're a good team. Not a mm-hmm. great team. We're a good team. We're solidly yep. built. We have our system. We know we didn't get to play up to our potential during the regular season because we didn't have all our players. So you know what? Screw it. Let's just go play, boys. We have nothing to lose. No one thinks we should be here. Yeah, 100%. Everyone else thinks that they should be here. The Vegas Golden Knights thought that they should be in that round. Right? Winnipeg thought that they should be in the second round. Toronto knew that they should have been in the first round. Yeah, All three of those teams thought they should win those rounds. 100%. Montreal has no pressure. And they're playing like it. Like, Carey Price is the most nonchalant goalie I've ever seen go get a puck behind his net. Holy crap. He looks like he's going out for a practice skate to go get the puck when they shoot it in during practice. It's incredible. And there's no stress on him. He doesn't look like he's worried at all. You know, in a weird way, it looks like he doesn't care. But at the same point, you're like, all right, that's the type of goalie I want that just doesn't show emotion. Like, yeah, it's like, and like we played with a bunch of interesting goalies growing up, right? And I love all of them. Those guys are great guys. The one yeah. that he reminds me of the most is is uh, Footer. Yep. Most relaxed guy you will ever meet. Perfect. And it's just one of those things like, hey, we – we appreciate that kind of style because we played with that. If you've never played with that kind of goalie, it might throw you off. But this Canadians team has been built around Carey Price, so they know exactly what they're getting from him all the time. And he's playing at an elite level in the playoffs. He t- he definitely took a step up after the regular season. I'm not going to deny that fact. So you use that system that they were successful with in the regular season, put an elite goaltender behind it. Yeah, you're going to do really, really well. And they shut down Vegas's offense. Yep. Well, and then that's, you know, and you, you look at like uh, Mark Stone's comments after the series, like, hey, yeah, you know, it's on me. I, I got shut out. And it's like one of those, like, no, it's honestly on Montreal because they realized who's going to kill them the most. And then they shut it down. It's as simple as that. And I mean. And Vegas oh, looked scared, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Does that I mean, just I mean be like all of their players look like Carey Price has gotten in their heads. Well, and, and that's what I think Carey Price has done throughout the playoffs is he's got in got into people's heads, right? Like uh, the Leafs were up three one, right? They were up three one in the series. Carey Price makes a couple of unbelievable saves, wins Montreal that game five. All of a sudden, Price is in the Leafs' heads now. Yep, big big guys forget how to score, right? And, well, and that they seems really scoring before that. Well, no, but but it seems like that's kind of the the uh, the constant theme is Carey Price takes away the big guys. You know, he'll give up. He gave up goals against defense. He gave up goals against third, fourth liners. That's because players were in front it, of the net on those shots from the defense. Yeah, no, but but it's one of those like that. Those top two lines, they're not playing like top two lines. And I maybe it's the price. Maybe we call it the price factor. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the playoff something P. along. Except the like, good playoff P. Yeah, let's not rope those two together. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> but it's just one of those, like, you know, and, and would, would I take Carey Price on my team? Yes. Is Carey Price now one of the top two goalies in the league? I think he's probably put himself back up there. now. He's top three, and in my opinion, for sure. I, I, th- I think he's put himself up back up there. And I think everybody, you know, I I will admit, fully admit, I was a doubter going into the playoffs that yeah. Carey Price would give me Carey Price. Yeah. 100%. Well, he I was hurt think... all year. It was hard to it was hard to bet on it. And he was coming back from a concussion. I didn't think he was going to bounce back the way he did. And he's bounced back and looked better than arguably he ever has. He's yeah. since his he's... since that last really long playoff run with Montreal, like six or seven he's... years ago. That was the last time he's looked this good. He's making saves. He's making saves. He probably shouldn't. He's making saves on pucks he doesn't even see. It's like he, he just a brick wall back there, for lack of better words. And it's. I mean, Tampa's going to be in tough, but saying that, Vasilevsky has also looked fantastic as well. He's one of the other top three goalies in the league. Exactly. And it's one of those. So it's going to come down to the firepower of Tampa versus the gritty and who knows what's going to, who's no, who knows going to score from Montreal. Like it's one of those, they've gotten chipped in from everybody. So, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting series. And I could not tell you who's going to win it right now. Because I would, I would have told you Vegas going to win the series. Missed on that. I would tell you Tampa's going to win this series. But he doesn't want to miss on that one. He really doesn't want to miss on that one. I just don't want to deal with Canadians fans if they win a cup and then oh we believe them once in '67. They say that anyway. Well, yeah. And if Montreal has a cup in the last 45 years, then it's a different story. I don't really want to deal with that. So, I mean. Would I care if Tampa won two in a row? But that's the other thing. Nobody's really talking about Tampa potentially winning two in a row. Yeah. Everybody's talking about the Montreal underdog. Like, Which they should be, to be fair. But well, the biggest, the, the biggest thing is like Tampa. The only thing Tampa is getting recognition for is circumventing the cap. So Which they did I mean, very well. Hundred percent, and they did it very well. So it's one of those, you know, power to them. They they played within the rules, and the rules are there for a reason. Are the rules legitimate? That's nah, a different story. <laughs> but, um, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting series, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, this could definitely be a six, seven-game series for sure. I'll be honest. Uh, watching everything, watching how everything's unfolding, watching how both teams are playing, I have Montreal in six. No. I think they steal one of these. I think they might actually steal game one. Mm-hmm. in Tampa and win the other three at home. 
I can see it. Which is crazy. That's just crazy. Yep. And I can't believe I'm saying it, but that's just how this has been going, honestly. Like, we are at the point where Tampa is Tampa. We know what we're expecting from them. We have no clue. Montreal is the wild card. We don't know what we're going to get from them, and we're going to expect more. What? They're the enigma. Nobody knows what's going to happen. They're the enigma. That's a great way to put it, Kyle. Um, and it's it's going to be fun. I will say that. It will be a lot of fun to watch. And I think we're going to – we'll probably end up in the backyard watching something. Oh, for sure. And, and uh, I mean, it goes back to – if it was the Islanders, I wouldn't have watched. Tampa, Montreal, a little bit more interesting of a series. I'll probably watch some. Yeah. So. Actually, I will not be in the backyard because uh, 20 minutes on ice, if you are a hockey fan – Check out our pregame intermission and postgame for all of the Stanley Cup finals games. Possibly not game three. Uh, some scheduling issues on that one. We might have, Ryan might have a show for you. I will not be involved. Uh, but all the other games, me, Ryan, hitting it up, might have some special guests. We might have Kyle on at some point, which would be awesome. Yep. Um, lots of fun stuff going on with that. So check out 20 Minutes on Ice for all of those updates. Um, anything else you want to talk about or straight into final thoughts, my friend? I mean, that's it for me, to be honest. Um, let's hit final thoughts then, dude. Let's, yeah. let's get, let's get going. So uh, you start us off final thought of the week, man. Final thought of the week. Huh? Um, you know, because we didn't talk NBA, I'll talk NBA. Um, Atlanta Hawks are, obviously they got absolutely, shit on last night which is a whole different story but they are kind of like the Habs in the cinderella story type of thing um no all-stars throughout the regular season you know trey trey young was getting uh not the recognition he deserves and all of a sudden in the playoffs they show up trey young's averaging 30 plus points a game and you know uh, this this whole ragtag team i guess we would say who don't have all-stars are starting to look like they should all be all-stars right now it's one of those um, you know, yes, they got blown out by the Bucks last night, but I mean, they took it to the Bucks in game one. So the biggest thing Atlanta just has to do is they stole a game at home, uh, sorry, at Milwaukee's home. And now they has got to take care of it at home on their own home court. So, uh, they are the Cinderella series. I do think the Suns ultimately end up winning it all. That's my personal opinion, but the Hawks are a very interesting story to continue to watch throughout this, uh, this coming week. Yeah, and they've been fun to watch in this playoffs. Like, I know everyone's kind of not giving them a whole lot of recognition, but they've been fun to watch. So, And um, my final thought for the week, and I'm really disappointed that I have to say this, but I'm going to say it again. The officiating in both the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs has been awful. Has been just putrid. There have been so many awful missed calls that are unnecessary there the one I, I know this is just sticking in my head but the Corey perry where he gets high sticked yep that should have been a four minute penalty i know montreal ended up winning that game i believe but like you can't miss calls like that it's so unnecessary un unhelpful to anybody involved and it makes the league look like a joke both yep. both leagues are going through the same thing unfortunately and it's just awful like there's a rule book for a reason, folks. And if you're going to have a rule book, 
for the referees to call the fouls or to call the penalties and they don't do it, there shouldn't be refs anymore. They yep. should not be involved in a professional league. And we're seeing really, really good refereeing at the Euros, in my opinion. I think that I was surprised by that because usually there's some awful refs in international competitions. The Euros wasn't the case. They've had great refereeing. And it's unfortunate that at the same time that we're seeing really good refereeing in the Euros, for the most part, not every game, I'm not going to say they're all perfect, but good refereeing for the most part in the Euros. We've now seen crappy refereeing in two other major sports in North America during the same time. It's really, really frustrating for me because I'm a by the book guy. I understand that. I know there's ways to get around the rules, but I don't do that. So if there's a rule book and you're supposed to call it one way in the regular season, you call it the same way in the playoffs and you call it the same way in overtime. I don't care what the the standard is for what time of day it is. You call it the same all the way through and then you don't have people complaining about the referees. Like, I don't know what else to say, Kyle, but I'm just so frustrated with it. And you know I've been frustrated with it for years. Why is it like this? It's... Honestly, uh, it's the same thing going on like with the MLB, you know, how they were potentially going to take away umps and do the uh, automatic umps and stuff. It's like things like that where, yes, you have the human factor, which is the biggest issue. And it's one of those, to me, I, I definitely look at that Montreal-Vegas series and it's one of those, they, the amount of shit that they let go is astounding. And I, it, it comes back to the whole narrative of playoff hockey. And I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on playoff hockey specifically, yeah. where all of a sudden things are out the door. It's hey, cross check a guy. Oh, but it's in front of the net. You're good. Okay. No, that's fine. I've but cross check. By guy the way, I've never understood that. No, but I mean, well, that's because you were a forward, not a defense. As a defenseman, totally understand it. But, no, no, but I don't understand the two-handed cross check. Like I get trying to push the guy out, right? Like if you put your stick on the guy's yeah. back and you're moving him, that's different. Yeah. I'm talking about the full extension cross check to a guy's back in front of the net that is ridiculous and even you will admit to that and you were a defenseman you ne- you never fully cross checked a guy unless they were like attacking our goalie you yeah, would mean you I- would put your stick on them and push them that's different yeah no i i would punch him in the back of the head that was my that was my biggest thing but um yes, but we weren't talking no, about that we were talking about stick use guys no but honestly it's one of those it comes down to there's this big narrative of playoff hockey and playoff sports where it's, you know, things get called differently in the playoffs, which I don't understand because it comes down to the integrity. It's one of those, if a, if a call is made in the regular season, it should be called in the playoffs. If and a call is, the should playoffs, be made period. It should be called all the time. If it's in no, the rule book, it should be called all the time. That's, that's what I'm saying. It should be, if it's called in the playoffs, it's called in the regular season. If it's called in the regular season, it should be called in the playoffs. The, the way it works is right now, that anything called in the playoffs, yes, it would have been called in the regular season. Absolutely. No but the things called in the regular season with all the little hooks and all that kind of stuff that they called regularly in the regular season are not called in the playoffs. And and to me, that's the biggest disconnect because players don't know what the hell they can get away with until they do something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll make a call and be like, okay, I can't get away with that anymore. But then the same thing will happen 10 minutes later down the other side of the ice and all of a sudden they get away with it. And the guy's like, wait, wait a minute. I just sat for two minutes. What the heck? Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those. So it's just consistency. And it's, I don't know what they can do to be more consistent. 
because there's always that human human factor. That's the problem. And I get that, but you have the ability. You have a rule book that says how you're supposed to call the game. So if a ref is not following the rule book, they should be not refing the game, right? Like logically, am I wrong in that that idea? No, you're not. But it's like one of those like. Are they actually going to enforce anything? No, Probably they not. won't. Of course they won't. But I'm just saying, like, they should. They should enforce it. There should be logic behind it. But there's not. And that's why I get so frustrated. Because it shouldn't be this hard. No. It shouldn't. And, and yet it is. And yet it is. That's the biggest thing. It's, it's frustrating. And it's disappointing sometimes. But... Quick, quick comment, though. The Mayfield cross-check on Kucherov. I didn't think that was a dirty play. No. Right? And I'm a guy who doesn't like cross checks. I didn't yeah. think that was a dirty play. But people were up in arms saying that that should have been a penalty. I mean, it's because somebody got injured. That's why. That's the only reason, right? Like, it's not a dirty play. No, and, and the biggest the biggest thing is it's just people don't understand that just because a guy got injured doesn't mean it's a dirty play. No, it could just mean and, it was a clean play that was an unfortunate result. Well, and it's one of those, like, sometimes guys fall in the corner and get hurt. doesn't mean the guy slew-footed them or tried to do that. Maybe they just got tangled up. But people don't look at it like that. They look at it as, oh, my God, this guy just tripped them and slew-footed them. Get him out of the game. Yeah. And, and people don't, people don't put the whole – game aspect to it where it's real life happening right there it's not recorded it's not anything like that shit happens yeah. sorry but it happens yeah. you know that's where the, the the refs and stuff like that have to step in and understand that okay wasn't actually a malicious play you know wasn't wasn't dirty by any means no call yeah. and i've but i mean kyle we've had that right yeah, we've had that. I've I've had that when we were playing. I went into the corner one time. I have a really bad knee. And for those of you who don't know me, I have a really really bad knee. I went into the yeah. corner one time with a guy, and my knee hit the board. Yep. But just waste the way I was skating in. I went too fast. I couldn't I couldn't slow down the right way, and my knee hit the board, and I ended up falling over. And the ref tried to give the other guy a penalty. Yeah. This was in beer league, by the way. Yep. And I basically told the ref like, no no no. There's no call here. No. The guy didn't touch me. I just hit the boards awkwardly and I have a bad knee. This guy did nothing. Mm -hmm. And the rest like, no, I'm giving a penalty. I'm like, that's ridiculous. So I'm pretty sure my team ended up just eating the puck the whole two minutes. Yeah. We were up like four, nothing. So it really didn't matter in the game, but like we tried to make it fair. Like we're not going to go try to score on this power play if, it shouldn't be a power play. Like That's just stupid, but it's just rough. And I, I'm so frustrated with it, Kyle, and I'm done with it, but there's nothing we can do about it. So, ha, woo. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for uh, this episode, episode 88. Make sure you check us out on our socials, at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram, because Twitter has a cap limit or a character limit on their names. Because Why? Uh, if you're looking for us specifically, it's at Nick McVicker for myself, at Kyle Vardy for the big cheese over there. Uh, don't forget to check out our other host, at Irfan Manji as well. He is writing a thesis, folks. He is doing incredible things. So every once in a while, he needs to take a break. 
we give him we give him full credit for that. Don't forget to check out his show, Touchline Thoughts, with Paige Culver, though. They've been doing incredible coverage of the Euros. And they started a new segment that you might want to check out as well, interviewing coaches. Check out Kyle on the Betting House pod with uh, the boys, as we call them. <laughs> um, great guys, great show. Lots of betting going on there. And don't forget to check out 20 Minutes on Ice with myself every Sunday night at 9.30 and all the pregame, intermission, and postgame stuff we're going to do for the finals will be a lot of fun. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you being here with us, folks. And until next time, we'll see you then.